Hello and welcome to Lollop and Friends. Uh, and we're continuing our Free Comic Book Day 2023 uh, preview extravaganza. Uh, I'm your host, Scott, and joining me this week, I have... Fred Van Lente. Hi, Fred. How you doing? I'm doing great. Excited really to be doing... Uh, this will be my first uh, Free Comic Book Day event, I think, post-pandemic. Yeah, this is the first one. Like, we've done... a couple this is the first one where we're kind of like back to form you know okay um because you know they they did the thing in 20 well it just got flat out canceled in 2020 um right. and then 2021 because they didn't know if it was going to still be a thing it became like a small thing in the middle of summer um and then last year was just i kind of just did the people that were confirmed for 2020 and just kind of did that but again we weren't like ready to like put a ton into it sure but like this is the first year like yeah we're back um because you never know. We got a little gun shy when we had to cancel it in 2020. I think but, that's it. You know, it is what it is. But we're excited to be back. I'm excited to have you back. I'm happy to be there. So, uh, Fred, uh, how did you get into writing comics? Well, I knew from a very young age, like 12 or something, that I wanted to be a writer. Uh, but by the time uh, it was to go to college, the time camera to college went to Syracuse to become a film major screenwriter because I as a, as a teenager I, I knew a little bit about comics writing but I didn't really know how to turn that into a career mm -hmm. and until I went to Syracuse and I met a bunch of guys studying to be illustration uh, illustrators and comic book artists that joined them at the comic book club and we started making our own comics in the comic book club that I really was like oh this is something that I really respond to and as it turns out I didn't really like making movies either which was <laughs> So that works out then. Yeah. Uh, and so I, when I graduated, I moved to New York City with uh, three classmates who all wanted to kind of break into the comic book industry, two of whom I still work with today. Uh, Ryan Dunlavey, with whom I do Action Presidents, Action mm -hmm. Monsters, Complicated Comics, et cetera, et cetera. And Steve Ellis, uh, who I did a bunch of indie comics with back in the day, and he is providing covers for my new Pathfinder comic. That's oh, nice. And I'm very excited about. So I just saw him, and I was just at C2E2 in Chicago. Ryan and I both were. So we got to hang out with Steve. Oh, that's nice cool. Reunion. I actually didn't realize there was a Pathfinder comic. Yeah, there's been one for several years. Dynamite's published it. Uh, Jim Zub started writing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's had a couple of the writers, but I've been doing it, uh, and I've been writing fiction for their blog and stuff for about a couple of years now since the pandemic, yeah. I think, just since about twenty twenty. I guess I guess to show my hand, I'm more of a D and D guy. Sure. But, well, no, sure. no. Everyone says Pathfinder's great. I just haven't. I just know my one system, and I'm like, I don't right. have the mental capacity for another. But that's yeah. a different conversation. No, I hear you. I, I, I'm a big role playing game fanatic, and I, I've played at least forty or fifty. So. They'll say the the weekly game IDM I'm going to be doing after this. So oh nice. <laughs> I will say I got back into it really heavy during the pandemic. We all started playing online because there was nothing sure. else. So uh, I've had two games I've been continuing since then. Um, but that's a little off topic. Um, so what were some of your favorite? Did you read comics growing up? Or yeah, absolutely. Um... I really learned how to teach myself how to read through comics. My mm -hmm. dad had a copy of this book Jules Pfeiffer did in the 60s called The Great Comic Book Heroes that was this essay of him learning the ropes in the comic shops. In the 40s, Pfeiffer worked for Will Eisner 
on the spirit. He was his assistant. And so he had a lot of great stories and memories of the Golden Age. And in this book were a bunch of Golden Age comics like Origins of Superman and Batman and Human Torch and Captain America and a bunch of others. Uh, and I made my mother read them to me until she got so sick of reading them to me that she was like, no, any book but this one. Find something else. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, displaying for the first time the stubbornness that has followed me throughout my life, I did not find a new book for her to read. I instead sat and stared at the pages of the book until I could read the words myself. I no longer need you, Mom. Yeah. Except emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she was very impressed when I was reading at a very high gr uh, grade level. Uh, when I went to most of the writers I've had the, the pleasure to chat with over the years, like we're very avid readers, especially as little kids. Yes. Yeah, you kind of have to be. Yeah. yeah. Um uh, it makes so, sense, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then I graduated in the 70s. They pocket books brought up these reprints of the original Marvels. So I got hooked on Spider-Man by Ditko and Hulk and Fantastic Four by Kirby and Doctor Strange by Ditko and 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 then by the time I got into my teenage years, I got really into like weird titles, like weird superhero titles. Like I think after having read all the Stan Lee and, and reprint stuff, this the new stories didn't really interest me. So I wanted like new, like what are my generation's characters, you know? So I love yeah. Firestorm and my big favorite was Alpha Flight. From okay. Elementals, Bill Willingham's Elementals I really liked. My well, first person I've talked to in a while is like, oh, Alpha Flight's one of my favorites. Oh yeah, no, it's it was hands down my favorite comic of the, uh, at least mainstream comic of the eighties, yeah. first half of the eighties, and so it was a real joy when I got to write them. Well, that's cool. That's so yeah. Have you had a chance to write a lot of the character, like many of the characters you've wanted to do, or that you enjoyed? Yeah, I mean, yeah. doing Spider Man for those years that that was a big, you know, he was always my guy before Alpha Flights. That was a that was a definitely a line through the bucket list. So um, yeah, the old Lee. Um... Lee Ditko and then Lee Romita Jr. Not Jr. Oh my God, Romita Senior. Eras of Spider-Man, I think are some of the comics from that era that hold up the best. Um, because I've gone back and reread like a lot of the original like '60s like Avengers and like a lot of those and like some of them, they are what they are for their time, but like they don't click. But like to me, the old Fantastic Four and the old Amazing Spider-Mans still are good today. Yeah, I would add. Uh, I think an underappreciated one particularly even from the Kirby of it all, it's Thor. Yeah, he was a character Thor. I never got into other than like general Norse mythology. I think because my introduction was like through the old Avengers, I was like, I don't particularly care about those characters. They didn't, they didn't click with me. Yeah, you think of like all the Marvel titles being meteoric, you know, but like the Hulk was canceled after six issues. Yeah. The X-Men was a complete mess until Len Wein and Dave Cockrum and Chris Claremont and John Byrne all showed up. Yeah, and yeah, till the 80s, they made them like a household name. The Avengers didn't really click until John Buscema and Roy Thomas got together. Yeah. But like now everyone knows about like Iron Man and all those guys, but they didn't even have their own titles for a while. After World War II, Captain America was literally put on ice. Yeah, the superhero genre really took a beating after World War II. I think people just were sick of fighting, you know, and a lot of the, don't forget sense. a lot of that generation that first grew up reading comics were the ones who were, who were fighting the war. Mm -hmm. and so, and there's also a lot of pressure um, from the media and society to sort of regulate, relegate uh, comics to kids stuff, right? That you're supposed to give up yeah. in, when you grow up. Um, and that's, 
you know, unfortunately, a purely an American thing. You know, that that really only happens significantly in this country. Well, there's a lot of, you know, greater traditions in France and Japan and a lot of other European and Asian nations. For some reason, uh, I think Americans had a 20th century kind of intellectual inferiority complex. So, yeah, no, I think that bending over the backwards to seem serious. And but yeah, part of that was was the superheroes went away. Um, but then, ironically, it was the superhero fans who really saved comics when the newsstands started going out of business. I mean, if it wasn't for absolutely needing every appearance of Ant-Man or whoever, mm-hmm. you know, there's no reason comic specialty shops wouldn't exist. You know, and, the, and the people people don't know how spoiled we are to have shops like yours. Yeah. In the, in the olden times, like when I when I was a lad in the 80s trying to find my Alpha Flights, you know, I, I couldn't drive and the nearest comic shop was 40 minutes away. And so I just had to hope they showed up at the spinner rack in the in the in the, the drugstore. And yes, it's sir. not like the stock boys, the drugstore were paying a whole lot of attention to what. And then um, even then, like if they probably only had so much budget and space for books, like why would they pick Alpha Flight over like Batman? Yeah. You know, yeah, like exactly. something that's a little bit more. Hopefully the fact I was buying it regularly, someone was paying attention to that and 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 but yeah i for i for the longest time i could never find the first like i think it was the fifth issue of alpha flight that really hooked me which is this great burn cover the spinning of puck somersaulting towards you nice uh but i couldn't find those other issues for the longest time so but so one but once i got my license my days of worrying about comics were over you know that's kind of funny i have a similar story like once i got my license my friends and i every wednesday would go to the we hit up the couple of comic book stores that were within driving distance and I'd have my list of the books that came out each week. I'm like, All right, I got to buy these ones before then. I was just, yeah, at the mercy of like, I went to the grocery store and there was like, they would have some up, up by the register. Like you'd get like a digest of like Archie or something. Right. You know, yeah, exactly. or like I dare, like my drug stores that have spinner racks too. And like, to me, that's such a quintessential part of being a kid and being into comics. Cause like that part of it's like the experience is like spinning the rack and like, seeing what's on the other side like it's fun so i'm glad we, we're they're still around like we have one at our store we keep our uh independent or locally like locally created comics on there um, yeah i so know a lot of colleagues who have spinner racks in their houses i would love one but i don't i have enough i have enough stuff i don't know where i'd put that i don't need another way to put comics in front of right, everyone's right. face right but um I get why I get the appeal of it. It's cool. Like that would be a fun way to like, instead of putting them on my nightstand to read, I would just put them on that. And then I'd pull them off when I need to read something. Right. That would be fun. Um, yeah, that's, that's, but that's, I mean, that's pretty cool though. Like, yeah, comic book people like are really dedicated because right. they kind of like by necessity, you kind of had to be, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's fun. Um, so what kind of stories haven't you written yet that you would like like to tackle? I, I I'm not sure what what haven't you written at this point, like story wise. I think you've touched I mean, like every you, genre I can think of. Are you doing like what's the character you most want to work with? I mean, yeah, if that's the answer to the question. I mean, you know, as you say, I've done a lot of like you know, um, a wide variety of stuff. I've been very lucky to have a career that's let me kind of do be really super eclectic um Mm -hmm. you know just for example i write prose novels also and my new prose novel never sleep just came out Um, okay 
I'll make sure people make sure people buy that. I'll link it in the description. Uh, yeah, it's and that that's been great fun promoting that. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I've got a kind of a slasher horror thing coming out that's also a little bit of a mystery. It's like an old school giallo, if you know that term, the old Italian. Oh yeah, the movies. Italian horror movies. Yeah, kind of a giallo. We're about to finish the contract on that. Pathfinder's high fantasy. Um, we're still doing Jennifer Blood at Dynamite. That's more of a crime comic. Um, I have a science fiction comic that I'm going to kickstart next year, probably. Nice. I'm still doing the nonfiction stuff. I'll have a really exciting one coming out that's not from Ryan Dunleavy. Um, I'm a little swamped right now. Unfortunately, when you get to this position, it's very hard to be like, what? You know, let's make up work for myself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a good position to be in. Hard you know? to do. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a very good year so far. And I, I really I, don't have any complaints. I'm just tired all the time. I mean, I, I'm not even writing comics and I get that. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so it's a, it's a lot of stuff going on right now. I guess from the comics realm, for whatever reason, I never got my foot into DC. Okay. I, I've written exactly one story for DC. It was for, for one of their, their holiday specials. Uh, it was a Martian Manhunter story that Nick DeGrotta drew. I actually have the splash page over my, looking at it over my desk right now. Oh, that's cool. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, it'd be fun to do some of the Kirby characters in DC, like the Demon, or I like Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle's fun. They did, Tom King just had a pretty pretty good run on that. I'm saying, I love Etrigan. Um, yeah, I, I love, love Etrigan's actually my favorite. Might actually be my overall favorite Jack Kirby character, period. Yeah, well, it's just the idea of, like, a rhyming demon. Like, that's something so simple as that. Like, it's so different and weird. Like, I don't know. I, he's just the character that clicks for me. I'm always excited when he shows up in, like, Sandman or something, you know? Right. Um, I will say I I know you've written. I want to gush a little bit as a fanboy, real fast. Uh, your work at Valiant a few years ago was some of my favorite comics coming out. I loved your Archer and Armstrong, and uh, the Ivar Timewalker spinoff you did. I think was the best time travel story I've ever read. I appreciate that because like the first half of it. No, this is gonna sound. It's gonna sound bad. First half of it, I thought was like it's fine, it's home. But then there's like something. I don't want to spoil it for people at home because I want them to read it. But like about halfway through it, something is revealed and like retroactively makes everything that happened before it make a lot more sense. Right. It's like one of the few time travel stories where like my brain didn't break or I couldn't break the world trying to be like, it's like as much as I love Back to the Future, the time travel doesn't really make sense in it. But like, that's not the point of that series. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I thought that was really cool and really well done. And I really enjoyed reading it. Yeah. I was just at C2E2, like I said, over the weekend and signed many time walkers. It's cool. Nice. Feel the same way you do, which is gratifying. Sweet. That one I didn't pick up as it was coming out. I got it in trade paperback after the fact. Um, story no, like yeah. this. I, I think that's yeah. a, that series actually best read in one sitting. I was just going to say, there's a lot of comics I prefer that to read that way. Because like I would forget, I'm going to forget a lot of details but between issues. But like Archer and Armstrong, I didn't have that problem because it was more like lighthearted and fun sure then that were like not that that wasn't fun either like detail like they, that's a little more detail focused and i i think it's a better experience when i can sit down and read it i find most non-superhero stuff works a lot better for me in trade paperback like collected or like, sure. you know, as a graphic or as like an original graphic novel yeah i can see that um yeah so what tips would you give someone looking to start writing like to start becoming a writer 
a writer or a comic book writer? Well, a comic book writer, yeah. I would say I just I just spoke with Crystal, who's like a regular. She's done some comics, but she mostly writes regular. So I, my question was, well, just starting writing. But yeah, what like what would be different for like writing a comic versus writing a prose? The friend and artist. <laughs> yeah. Because without them, you're, you know, you're just going to be pissing in the ocean, as they say. Yeah. Just uh, uh, screaming yeah. into the wind. I think that, well, I mean, I guess, I guess then a better question is, is in order to land an artist, you probably, you either have to have deep pockets or write stuff the, the artist responds to and says, okay, you're not paying me, but this is awesome and I want to be a part of it. Yeah. Find someone else who's equally hungry, right? Well, find and someone that you're able to impress. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, Hunger, you know, you know, hunger only works when you're like in a, in like a dog fighting ring. <laughs> as, Fair as enough. A, as, a, as a motivator, uh, I I think yeah. I mean, look, the only reason to make art is to put things into the world that you want to see that wouldn't exist if you didn't make them. Mm-hmm. So, definitely in the sense of that, finding somebody with that fire, and believes in your story, uh, and your and your ability specifically to tell that story. Um, is very much key. Yeah, I feel like there's got to be a lot of trust between writers and artists on a project that you'll make each other look good, you know? Yeah. I mean, I I, I try to be a great collaborator. I've spent my whole adult life around comic book artists. So, like, kind of, you know, I'm, I'm often appalled when I hear some of the stories, particularly that artists tell me about the way writers treat them, which I just don't, I just don't understand. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, I try to keep it positive. Yeah, and I, I've learned that, like the saying's true, like you get more flies with honey than vinegar. Like, there's no reason not to be a jerk, you know. Well, you mean there's no reason to be a jerk? That's what I mean. I'm screwing that up. Yes, I'll edit that part out so I don't sound stupid. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that wasn't a Freudian slip of any kind. I I can't imagine that it is. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, like I said, it it's collaborative because you want to make sure that. Yeah, you're. If you're working with the artist, you'll get better results in terms of storytelling. Then, and then you'll. I don't know. People come up with different ideas, and like, oh, like we talked about D and D earlier. Like when I DM, I view it as collaborative storytelling, and yes. a lot of the times, my I kind of or like more like refereeing a sandbox, because a lot of the time, like my players will come up with more interesting solutions than I did, and then it's just like, yeah, I planned that. That's why it seems so great. Um. So I don't know. I I I like to collaborate when I I do story stuff, because uh, like I I helped. I'm more of an editor for them, but like a couple of my friends from high school like have gotten married and now they was a writer and then married an artist and now they make comics. Cool. So I kind of help them out where I can, um, which mostly just I I have a store, so I have a place where they can start selling things. Right. So that's that's more where I kind of come in. But you know, it's it's fun to be around the creative process. I I really enjoy talking to creative people about being creative. I find that fascinating. You know how people can do it, especially musicians, because I have no comprehension of music. Right. But so um, so he says you got a couple of projects coming out. What was the the new book again? Uh, it's called Never Sleep. And right, what's that about? It's a historical thriller about. Uh... Uh, the first two female private detectives in American history trying to infiltrate these uh, white su- supremacist su- uh, secession uh, 
organizations that are going to try to kill Abraham Lincoln as he's on his way to be inaugurated president. Oh, my God. Right? Based on a true story. Okay. I would say I've never heard of that. That sounds cool. Well, like, that sounds, it sounds too good to be, like, too, sometimes truth stranger than fiction, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, that sounds cool. Um, And uh, who's publishing that? That is through Blackstone, which is great. Blackstone? Uh, it used to be only an audio um house but now they publish books like she should say uh if you are an audiobook person we are on audible right now books read, narrated by the great lisa flanagan uh, and if you are more of an audiobook person you should definitely check that out too oh that sounds good um well yeah so definitely check that out and i'll put a link to that in the description for this podcast so you should be able to see that awesome. and then um like when fred when you first came to the store i was going through my comics this you know my personal collection you're like oh let me see if I can get anything signed. And then I didn't realize like you wrote a ton of the books that I had been collecting over the years. Yes. I was like, Oh my God. So you probably listeners at home, you probably have something that Fred's uh, read. Um, your name's pretty distinctive. Um, your name's pretty distinctive. So it's pretty easy to see it on the cover. So Van Lent. Right. Um, so uh, check make sure you check boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you check stuff out and then uh, come see us on May 6th. Marvel zombies. Amazing Spider-Man, Iron Man Legacy, Archer Armstrong, Robert Tom Walker, G.I. Joe. Yeah. Uh, all sorts of stuff. Big Trim Little China. More on the hey, way. Conan, was, Conan the Avenger for a long time. I was trying to get Avengers versus, uh, not Avengers, uh, oh my God, Cowboys and Aliens in stock because I've got uh, you and uh, Dennis are coming to, coming, yeah, yeah, both coming to Free Comic Book Day this year, but I can only ones that we can get are the ones with Daniel Craig on the cover. I'm like, that's not as fun. But, yeah, I don't. I, uh, I think those are the only ones in circulation right now. Yeah, those. Like, I think. personally, I like prefer to get the stuff when they don't say now major motion picture and things on the cover. But sure, I'll make sure I get them. Just you know, just in, just because then they're there. That's the only way to get it now. And I'm uh, gonna bring some stuff. I'm gonna have probably um, because it's free comic book day, right? So uh, a mm -hmm. lot of kids are gonna be coming. I'm. Oh yeah, definitely. So I'll be giving away free copies of Action Activists, which is the book Ryan and nice. I do for the New York City uh, Department of Education. Um, the middle schoolers here get it for free. So I thought, let's invade New Jersey and give them some of the good stuff. It's a very fun nonfiction comic about activism, both um, in the halls of power and on the streets. Sure. I'll make sure I add you. I'll add that to the list of free comics we have and uh, where the people can get them. Because uh, this year was the first year where some of our vendors are going to have some of the free books. Oh, so there'll fun. be some stuff spread throughout the event so people can pick up more stuff. So I'll make sure you're on that list. And forgive me, I believe you guys are in a mall, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, and we're all spread out in the mall area, right? Yeah, I kind of take over like the top quarter of the mall okay. around the store, which will be fun. And this year we're going to have uh, like like a live live music and stuff it'll be fun oh wow great um, i'll have some stuff i'll have some books for sale too probably action presidents mm -hmm. another middle grade series i do and i might bring some random comics i don't know i haven't made up my mind yet. sure look forward to seeing seeing what you sure. bring and, and um you know look forward to seeing you in person again it's been a few years yeah that'd be great if anybody is going to this event and wants me to bring anything or asks if i have anything available just drop me a line via my website fredvinlander.com sure. sure. and i'll put it it's on there i'll put the link in the description for this as well 
but um so i guess that'll do us for for this uh episode um thank you again for for everything for your time fred i really appreciate it i know you're a busy guy took a little bit of finagling to get down at the time for this true yeah but hey busy's good it's better than staring at the walls it means people like what you do and they want more of it exactly exactly all right well i'll see you guys on may 6th